Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Wild by the Popcorn. I'm Emily. And I'm Alessandra. And today... We are talking about Welcome to Marwin. Another one of our trailer breakdowns that we're talking about today. I think, is this the second one? Right, because we did Bad Times at the El Royale trailer breakdown, right? We did, we did. Wow. Wow. Mm. Two for two, man. We also did the trailer breakdown of Regga Ralph, but we have yet to talk about that. Yes. If if you would definitely like to hear us talk about that. We will. Let us know. I don't think we're going to have much to say about it till our Oscar podcast, because it's sure going to be nominated so oh yeah for for something in the animated category definitely so let us know if you definitely want us to do a full full episode let us know so welcome tomorrow and we saw the other day um uh what, what were your start? what were your expectations like was it different than what you thought it was comparatively to the trailer breakdown that we did i feel like it wasn't very different than what i was expecting it to be like i was expecting the the dolls to definitely be some type of coping mechanism and maybe when they come to life being like a, like a real, like what we talked about in the trailer, like Mm, being a replay of this incident in different ways and how the women help him and Mm -hmm. kind of how he's dealing with his problem over and over and over again with the post-traumatic stress and, Mm -hmm. and everything that comes with it. So in terms of, in terms of how the how the movie ended up going, and, and by the, the end of it, of the movie yeah, the concept was pretty it clear. Was yeah, and was pretty much what I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, I didn't expect it to be. I, I I was really impressed with Steve Carell's performance. To be honest, I yes. think he did a really great job playing yes. somebody with post traumatic stress disorder after being brutally attacked and beaten up. Um, so like that's just. I mean, I'm just throwing out some positives about this movie. Let's, let's do that. Let's just let's do that first. Just just throw out some positives. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, great animation. Yeah, I loved, and also, <laughs> and also when, uh, I noticed that I was very impressed. But when the uh, what was it? Deja Deja yeah. something with a yeah. the Deja Thorn or something like yeah. that. Yeah, the the evil, evil doll, doll, the evil witch, witch of Berlin witch doll. When she would, like, hover over mm-hmm. Mark in real life, she would, she was touching his face with her doll hand, and his skin was moving. Yeah, wow. Like, like when she touched his chin, like, his little yeah. chin skin went up, and, like, yeah. his little cheeks, his, his skin was moving, and wow. I was like, wow, they... Also, she had, like, a knit kind of... Uh, like a mesh? Mesh, yeah, like a cape or something. A bustle, yeah, and it like flowed in the wind, you know, as she was floating, and you know, <laughs> even though I didn't like her very much, which no. I'll get to later. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll get to that. I thought the animation was really good. I mean, it looked like really real. It honestly looked like these dolls were moving and, and breathing, and it was like a pretty amazing animated feature. <laughs> 
Yeah, and and how they'd kind of do the the Lego movie type thing where mm-hmm. when they died they go like full stiff. Yeah, real stiff. And and yeah. and they would do those like pretty much pretty much when they were moving they'd be very lifelike very and fluid. be very fluid. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But then when they would die they'd immediately like like just freeze wherever they died and I thought that was very funny. Mm-hmm. And also you could see all of their articulating pieces. Yeah, like so, their yeah. arms and their head could turn around yeah. all the way and, and stuff. And also putting and the actors' faces, faces on the dolls was very good. Like, yes. this animation was phenomenal. Yeah. It really was, like, the highlight of the movie with Steve Carell's uh, post-traumatic stress that he was dealing with. Um, because, like, let's see. Is there anything else positive about this movie? Maybe just a bit further on, on Steve Carell's character and kind of how... Uh, kind of, like, how he took the character. Like, we see... Even though I wish that we'd seen a lot more of Mark, not as not as Hoagie, because there there were like two Marks. There yeah, was there's Hoagie and there's Mark. So yes. he had to be two different characters, basically. Yes, Hoagie. We'll get to Hoagie, but I did like how Steve Carell like made the made Mark, um, and you know, very realistic as well. Like he didn't just make this person like this, but like obviously they really showed the social anxiety, the very like stiff, awkward. Like he did a very good job at all of that, and and I just I wish we could have seen a little bit more of of Mark, not Hoagie, but Mark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I mean, unless we want to talk a bit about the girls, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I really liked Leslie Mann. I thought she was a really realistic character, um, and like a good neighbor. Yes, Nicole without the E. Yeah. Uh, I thought that she, as a, you know, really sweet person who we find out had lost her son to probably some disease or something, it looked like, um, she really played that character very well, and then her, like, internal struggle is, like, her hardships are the reasons why she's so, so nice to Mark, um, who is kind of living with some kind of disability because he had amnesia. Yes. Like, he got all of his memories kicked out of his head, so, um, I think that she wasn't just being overtly nice, but she was asking a lot of questions, and she was very inquisitive, and she was, like, a nice neighbor. Yes. She was, she was very curious about Mark, and definitely wanted to be friendly towards him, which is kind of where the awkwardness came in, where he, he thought that she was more into him than she was. Yes, which we, like, could have seen coming more in Mark, which we didn't. We saw it more in Hoagie, but, like, we knew that Hoagie was But he was, was living through Hoagie, kind of. But I just still think it was kind of out there. Like, yeah, it seemed like it made it realize that Mark, like, a lot of the times it was very unclear what Mark thought was, like, reality versus fiction in that sense that, like, fiction is clearly his dolls and reality is clearly not and that blurred a lot but it also like didn't make sense that he w- was having a crush on Nicole in real life but he was pushing it all on but he was using the doll yeah Hoagie having a crush on the Nicole doll but like, but then he... that's like a that's like a reality that he thought he was living in that she also felt the same way like it, I mean she was just nice to him so like it's kind of that sense it's like we're 
are like are you aware that she was just being nice like he was not aware no and so that was kind of like awkward because you're like it's kind of this it just made him seem like he was dumb but he wasn't dumb you know like i thought that was kind of a weird move yeah uh, i mean in terms it's just so hard because his like he just had no defined lines of what was okay for him and what wasn't. Like, I'm going to compare it to another Zemeckis character, Forrest Gump, who was clearly, like, intellectually, like, not as heightened as other people. Mm-hmm. And it was clear what he took seriously and what he didn't. And But, like, I felt we just didn't have that with Mark because he's such an... Like, he can live on his own, but can he live on his own? Like, it just was kind of like, I'm really confused about what kind of person this is. Yeah. And the fact that he proposes marriage to somebody who he, like, it just doesn't make sense that he would think that that was okay to do, you know? Um, Unless he had done the same thing with Wendy, which is another doll who who was originally in. It seemed like he he was definitely living through Marwin a lot a lot because because people would move in and that would be people entering his life mm-hmm. and people leaving his life the dolls would eventually die which is a very interesting concept but it yeah. kind of it kind of muddled things because we didn't really hear a lot about Wendy and kind of what happened we yeah. do know that they either got married or he thought that they did the, the but dolls they never did. did the dolls did and then yeah we saw them in in his like notebook that he did marry someone yeah so who did he marry why did they leave like I don't think he married Wendy. I don't think he did either. I think he was married before I, he got beat up. Yeah, I think this situation, or or the situation happened again, because he said that he met Wendy after she found him. Yeah, after. so she, the doll just married Wendy, but then the mean doll t- poofed her away. Yeah, so it's, uh, we had a, it seemed like we had... A lot of characters, lots of characters. given to us in the trailer yeah. versus what we were actually, actually given. given in the movie. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. in the trailer you have Janelle Monet, you have yeah. who isn't even in the movie the entire time. She's not. Gwendolyn Christie too. Yeah, she's also like only in one scene. Yes, and um, and then they are only l- there through the dolls. Yeah, and which... then we have Merritt Weaver who who comes up a little bit more in real life, uh, who's Roberta. In the hobby shop, we see her several times in real life. She's the one who instigates the, um, the court case. The, or oh no, she instigates the uh, show, the art show with her cousin oh, in New that's York right. City. So it like she's the one who's clearly like really really invested in. And a lot of people are really invested in Hoagie, or sorry, into Mark, um, and definitely want to want to be there for him. But it, it definitely. It definitely seems like after the accident, he's really just trying to get his stride back, kind of figure out maybe what he was doing, or st- just start new. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and he meets a lot of people through his therapy and just through his his neighbors and and you know the hobby shop. Like these are all people. Like he meets yeah Carlala at his job. Yeah, he meets Roberta at the hobby shop where he buys the dolls. Yes, he is he is given. Anna mm-hmm. as a caretaker. Mm-hmm. He is given Janelle Monet as as a, a, as a therapist. A therap- well, she's not a therapist. She's like a, a physical therapist. I guess she was. She was also going through physical therapy at the same time. I think that was what it was. Really? Okay. But still, whatever. She's hardly given to us. We only see her in like a memory, which is the only memory in the entire film, which yes. is weird. Which 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 I guess to the first point we want to bring up is 
we're given these great characters and supporters of Mark, we're, we're thought to be given them, yeah. but they are not there. Once they are turned into dolls, they do the same thing mm-hmm. every in every scene. They yeah. they are looking for Hoagie, who is Mark. Yeah, and they're they're like saving a, Hoagie, who's and like really into dames. Who's really into dames? I, uh, That's that that line kind of creeped me out. Yeah, but, he says things that are a little bit creepy, which is which is understandable. Like, okay, they're a little creepy because he's like you know he's playing with dolls. Yeah, it's already a little bit creepy. Yeah, but then but then he's furthering the fantasy through his dolls, which then seem real. So it's yeah. so it's very confusing. It's but confusing. like it makes sense that people are supporting him in this fact that he's basically going through his own way of processing things with the dolls, and that makes total sense. And that's probably what the documentary is about too, because this man found a very unique way to show like make art out of the terrible things that happened to him also live through some kind of like stories instead to help cope with what has happened to him so like that makes a lot of sense so like everybody who talks to him like all Carlala and Roberta like he tells them about this what's going on with Hoagie and like it's basically like Hoagie's living through this like situation this like parallel life to Mark's own life yeah, which then, also in the beginning, he talks about these stories that he creates with these people, which, again, are very parallel to his mm-hmm. to his everyday life. But then, I, I thought that he, I thought that since he was a um, war illustrator, like, comic book writer, that I thought that he was mm-hmm. trying to write a story for his for his art show as well. That, that, that's kind of the yeah. perception I was getting in the very beginning, because he was saying, like, oh... So for this set of pictures, I'm yeah. I'm writing this story. Yes, yes. This this is the story. And then in the beginning of the movie, we get a kind of like, oh, I needed to get a better picture of the situation. So then he kind of replays it for us. What happened with the Nazi dolls and like how the girl saved him in a way, which is kind of mirroring his real life situation. Yes, I thought that it. I thought that it would have been better if we had real life situations with these people. And then they were replayed with the dolls, but with the Nazis and, like, that whole situation. So that Mark was coping with every one of his real-life situations by playing it out as Hoagie with the doll. But instead, we got a whole storyline with just Hoagie that was kind of, like, loose and not didn't really make any sense with all the Nazis and everything. And then the time machine. And the time machine and, the, and the, 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 the evil doll and the falling in love with the new doll. And it's just like, that whole situation was not mirrored in his real life, which we could have seen in a lot of ways. We could have seen it like maybe the way it was shot or like just it would be, it would make more sense if it was like that was helping him cope with everyday situations in the same way that it plays out similarly, but just more action. You know, like, with the whole World War Two aspect, and they have a lot of guns and stuff, you know. Like, the women come to his savior in his real life, and he sees that and notices that the women, the dolls, are also saving him. Because in real life, it, he just doesn't acknowledge that the women around him are saving him. Like, at yeah, all. Yeah, because, again, why would you, why would you take, because, uh, yeah, back to the confusing note of why would you take this time to make dolls that represent obviously represent people in your community but then not even tie in the actual people from the community like why like why did we just get that one flashback of Janelle Monet mm-hmm. and 
and then really just have Roberta be someone who wasn't being successful in helping him. Like, like she was obviously trying to help him, but, like, she just seemed, she seemed useless until the very end. Yes, yes, yes. It was... So at and that then also, point, yeah, yeah. Also, we had another thing that wasn't ever closed up, which was Leslie Mann's ex-boyfriend, who looked extremely like Dex from Daredevil, but it wasn't. Yeah, he looked just like that guy, and it wasn't yeah. him. Yeah. Didn't he though? What? He was already scary looking too. Oh man! It was this guy who's clearly like stalking her and abusing her. It was like not good. Um, and it, we had no closure on that entire story yeah we like what it was really never a clear picture we kind of had people coming in and out and not really leaving a lasting impression but it was so can we just say how bored yeah, we were well, yeah in this movie it was so boring it was such a boring movie it was very slow paced uh, and like too long and you didn't get anywhere and i really liked the if anything, I like the parts with the inner with the interactive dolls because there was a lot of excitement happening, obviously. But again, even those were starting to run dry because they would just be the same every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't. It. It was. It was very. I feel like it was very slow. Was because Mark was stumbling around his issues for the entire movie until the very end. Until the very like end. Like it was. He. He had a dream or something about the Berlin Witch, and then. That, that, like, put everything into perspective. And then he was like, obviously, this whole time, you've been my guilt and my pills mm -hmm. and all this stuff. He says stuff. it out loud, and it's like, yes, we get this. So I need to go to the court case, and I need to date Roberta, and I, I need to, like, yeah, it, was, it was, like, it was way, way too much clearness that he got at the very end that the was not deserved end. at all. The very end. And he did no, like, personal work, like, no therapy to get to that point, to get to that breakthrough that the PTSD was, like, you know, giving him and everything. It just, like, didn't, it, it yeah. just was not earned. I, I, I could see it going, going one of two ways. I Either keeping with the theme of the dolls just perpetuating the issue, but then having his outside support kind of pulling him out mm -hmm. of that fake world, mm -hmm. or... Or rewriting the story to where the dolls were more of a therapeutic answer. Yeah, because they really Because were. they weren't either, and they were just a waste of time. And all of the characters were either, like, it was unclear why he, you know, the, the, it was kind of, it was clear who was, like, evil and who wasn't, because who was a Nazi and who wasn't, and then, like, seeing the fact that his, like, witch was actually a Nazi kind of, like, helped him out, I think, but... yeah. It just... Which, which again, that was a manifestation of his own mind. Right. Like, which well, then, yeah. like, brought him back. Like, to re... To, it, it's self-realization. It just wasn't so clear. But it was too quick. It, it was too quick. But also the end, like, the whole situation with him coming to that conclusion, the whole fight at the end in Marwin, w was not, like, it wasn't clear who was winning, why they were winning, why this lady wanted the the, the time machine... We didn't get to hear any reason why that was the case because it was just so quick and, and yeah. And she like when she spoke, I just felt like I was not listening to anything she was saying. 
I don't know, maybe it was the actress or the accent or just because yeah, she was who, only a doll. Yeah, who was the, uh, who was her? The witch? Yeah, her name was Deja, right? Yeah, Deja. Let's see the full cast. Because it was like, it just seemed that and he she... needed to be in therapy and he was not in therapy. You know? Yeah. Like, if we had a structure to this film, like, if we had a structure like... Oh, Diane Kruger! Oh, so that's who it was. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I, I saw her name in the credits, and I was like, I wonder if it's the witch. Or who, if it was uh, Wendy. I didn't even see her name. Who was Wendy? Oh, it's nobody. Um, Stephanie Von Fetten. Yeah. Okay, like, it would have been better if we had, like, a kind of... A more structured... Just a better structure to this film. Because I felt like the screenplay was the, the biggest problem of this movie... For once, that for for one thing, the the writing was not that great because we had these really weird lines that just came out of nowhere from from Mark that were just kind of strange, like that one about you know dames being you know really cool, but like also just you could you could forgive him because he had like a mental thing, so like that's why he talked like that. But like I don't know, it, it just didn't really work. I felt like Leslie Mann was the best written character. To be really, honest, really though, really though, her and her and Roberta really, even though Roberta had like nothing, like she was there for no for not enough time, but yeah, but definitely Leslie Mann had the best written character. I just feel like, like I was saying, I just feel like it could have been structured better. Like you could have structured it around something that wasn't just the dolls and wasn't just this like world that he created with just the dolls, because we felt like we were getting nowhere in that world and we were getting nowhere in his real life. And, and then it all just magically just came together at the end. Fine. There was like I don't. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't fine. I'm I'm gonna go with that. It wasn't fine. It it wasn't a. Good it needed movie. a lot of work. It really did. Because screenplay cause, needed a lot of work. Because this is, because this is a very, very intriguing story that I truly wanted to know more of. That I will now watch the documentary now. Yeah. Because like, like the, Mark seems like we're a, not ratting on the fact that this is like a bad concept because no. it's a pretty good concept. It's a great concept. It's just concept. very badly executed. And I wanted it to be. <laughs> I wanted it to be better. Yeah. I did because Mark seems like a very great artist. His photography seems amazing, and I'd I'd like to see pictures of this stuff. Um, we didn't even talk about the high heels in all this. Yeah, I was, just, I was gonna get there. Okay, what do you want to say about that? Your um, sister brought up a good point about it. What did she say? She said that the heels, which ended up being a killer of one of the Nazis. Yes. Um, which he loved the heels. I mean, that was cool. Like, which I mean, th there are a I, lot I like of things that. to admire about heels. They are a very yeah. powerful symbol. A very power, like mm -hmm. very, like it, even though they get they get a lot of rag on like killing your feet because they do. Yeah. They they are they are a symbol of a powerful person. Yes. Like and they are hot. They're like, they're really yeah. Like they're heels, big and heels that's are, why he wanted to yeah. wear them. He he said it brought him into in more in touch with his feminine side or he should have said that, but he said he, yes, something like it made him feel it, more he felt he felt like he had more of a woman's essence. Essence, yes. Which again screenplay which sounds, doesn't it just doesn't sound right. Which I feel like maybe is because the real life person said that. But it might have been better to say, it just brings me, it makes me more in touch with my femininity. Which is, like, a way better way to say that it brings your a woman's essence around me and I like women. And you cl it's clear that he loves women, which is kind of alright. Like, it makes sense because he's a man. 
that's just like throwing it in your face and you have to be okay with it, you know? Yeah. And, and so I definitely wanted to know more about these heels. Like he, he said that he woke up and he had, and he thought he had a girlfriend because he had all these heels in his closet Mm -hmm. and someone told him like, oh no, man, these are yours. Like that, like that's interesting. Yeah. And, and, And then he continued. Like he was like, yeah, well. They're mine, I love them, and we're like, yeah, that's great. Like, whatever. Like, this guy was really quirky. He was, like, interesting. And that led to the hate crime because he was talking about his heels. Well, they they somehow knew about it. I think he, like, mentioned them Did he mention it? Well, that's what he said he did, and that's what really, like, fucked him over. Again, everything was very vague. It was very vague. I feel like we did not get a full picture of this person. And really, his his whole process, we got, like, a very mumbled, jumbled, just smattering yeah. of ideas of what, of what possibly this man was going through. And and also, like... And it was not done the properly. The story was just revealed to us in pieces of what people said, but in such a random way throughout the whole movie. In a random, confusing way. Yeah, and it just... We learned more and more about situations because it was spoken out loud, and then he... But also, sometimes Mark would explain things. And I was like... Okay, like, so you know what you're talking about. Then why don't you just, like, tell everyone what you're, like, it just didn't seem like it was very clear. Yeah, and I wish he had someone to talk to so that he could, because he really liked talking to Carlala at work yeah, about, you know, kind of, kind of what was happening, you right. know, in, in Marwin. Well, that's what I was going to say. If he had a therapist, you could have structured the whole entire movie around that one person, basically him telling that person what he just did or what is going on, and then it would further the plot of the movie but in that sense we had no way of like maybe oh like the therapist is is was basically replaced by roberta who forced herself into his life instead of like being like you have to do this you have to like everybody's telling him he has to go to this court case he has to go to his show like it just seemed like there was too many people telling him from all different directions things yeah telling him of what he needed to do and and Mark just didn't know if he was ready, and that and that's fine too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like with him being so reluctant, like that's fine because sometimes, if if something just sounded too similar to the attack near him, he'd run away. Yeah, yeah. So he it's had like, PTSD for sure. Yeah. So this type of reluctancy made sense, and these and it was almost unsuccessful. These people were like, "You need to do this now." Like, I do not care. We will drag you out of your house and take you down there. Well, like, yeah, it's true that they did that, and then like. It ended up badly for him going to the courthouse the first time, seeing the Nazis there. And that was really, like, hard for him. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it just because this man is so un... Like, it just seemed like the structure could have been better. You could have... He could have written it a much more clear and concise way. The story could have started with, this is the problem, this is how we solve the problem in the end, and we really earned that. It, it just really didn't, it, it didn't earn it. Even though all the acting was good and Secret did a really good job. It got a really bad Metascore. It got a 40 average Metascore. Um, I have not looked at these. Did you say that you read through? No, you, just, you, you read through something else. I've, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, this one's, this one's bad. All right. So IGN gave it a 25 and uh, it starts off with director Robert Zemeckis hits a new artistic low with Welcome to Marwin, a film that mistakes schmaltz for substance and employs downright boring novelty animation in a 
Hack, hack, how do you pronounce that? Hackneyed, 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 hackneyed. I think it's hackneyed, Emily. Hackneyed attempt to stir the emotions, which again, this movie, I didn't feel anything afterwards. There wasn't anything meaningful left. Nah. So, and that, and that is again with the pacing and the structure of this film. Like nothing was lasting because they threw people in, then kicked them out immediately. So there was nothing left. Um, let's see, maybe, oh, this one gave it a 70. I wonder what they had to say. I'll read that one. Sure. So it's Hollywood Reporter. The story's naughty aspects reverberate under its sentimental come inspiration, inspirational surface. In the guise of a glossy entertainment, Welcome to Marwin gets at some unnervingly irresolvable truths about humanity. Which, I guess, yeah. Which, yeah, which I, I can agree with this, but the structure was just... The structure was not good. Was not good because because yeah all of this stuff like irresolv irresolvable truths about humanity like that's that's yeah. stuff that could have been brought up in a better way yeah yeah it could have been more um, better explained by all the people around him it just really wasn't um okay the variety gave it a fifty the film is far from incompetent and it brims with ambition. But too much of the time what's happening just sits there. It's lavishly odd concoction, like a feel-good movie for OCD miniature world Barbie doll fetish. This, it kind of just sits there. That's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. I really think that, like, every scene is just, yeah, that happened. Like, what? how does this further the story? It doesn't. Like, so much of that was the case. Yeah. And it's just like, why even have this scene? What what did that further? The only plot, really, was that he was kind of falling in love with, you know, with Nicole. And that was, like, yeah. it. You know? Yeah. And, you know, kind of... Kind of reluctantly thinking about maybe not going to the court case. Yeah. But, yeah. but, it, but it was a lot of... Will it happen? I don't know. Is it, oh, it looks like it's ha it's not happening. Like yeah, it was, it was a lot of hope, but then taken back. Yeah, it seemed like he like didn't have a personal goal until he met Nicole. Very and, aggressive our emotions right now. Yes, she's like putting her, she's throwing her arms forward. I am doing an interpretive dance right now in the emotions of this movie. Yeah, if only you could see it. But yeah, IndieWire says the most original movie of the year. Not quite, but sometimes, if a film this hard is hard, is this hard to sell, perhaps that's a sign it shouldn't have been made in the first place. <sighs> but you see the, and and also doesn't doesn't agree with me. But I thought that the trailer was pretty well made. It's like fine. It, it's it was, it kind of brought all the interesting aspects of the movie. We got the story really clearly. Yeah, which. It turns out it's not really much of a story. I mean, yeah, we, we pretty much got the entire plot through the trailer, but then just watched it fumble around itself and not resolve itself. You know what it is? It's because it's not like a, it's not like a origin story. It doesn't start when he's gotten beat up. That's the thing. And I feel like me, that's what they went wrong with this movie is they didn't want to start the movie. They didn't want to make it chronological and they wanted to just tell you the backstory bit by bit as you watch the movie which was like not fun because the backstory was the story the story yeah. of him finding the dolls and then getting famous because of that would have been a better clearer 
and then had an ending to, oh, he has this wonderful show. Look at how much this is going to help him cope with his um, PTSD. And, like, it could have started with him getting beaten up, moved on to... It, but instead, it lived too much in this world of the dolls and not enough in the real world. Yeah. That's exactly what it should have done, and it didn't do that. They they chose wrong. They did it wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know? We could have developed this world, you know, in another way, but I think that, that I feel like they wanted to start in the world of the dolls, and that's where it, it was... That's where it faltered. Yeah. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong, I... I thought the opening sequence was very interesting and funny. Right. Like, like with yeah. the plane and then the, the crashing shoes. and the shoe and the, it was very hilarious I thought that start. that was a good start and everything. I thought that it like had a strong and, start. And it could have been a fine start if they'd followed up with it properly to the end. I think it could have had a fine start if it cut to reality and it was actually him getting beat up by these people. Mm. And it, and then from there he had to recover, and we could just go through his process of that, mm-hmm. and then you know maybe spend a little bit of time of him trying to recover, and then going home at some point, discovering that these dolls actually are important to him, and then like creating those people in the dolls, making the dolls more important, taking pictures of the dolls, mm-hmm. and then they could still have their. You know, he could still have PTSD, but it would just have nothing to do with this, like, evil doll at all. Just, like, PTSD being, like, he can't, he's still not coping well. I think that that maybe they should have done it like that. All right, Alessandro, start rewriting the script. (laughs) And uh, let us know if we need to start a Kickstarter to get this movie funded. I don't want to do that at all. (laughs) No, no, never mind. I'm just saying the fucking screenplay man <laughs> oh man oh let's see if there's any fun trivia okay trivia well we should watch the documentary or something oh yes i definitely want to oh let's look at the uh, oh <laughs> the tagline is really funny oh yeah so let's just start this now and every let's just make it a thing yeah. so um imdb has on on the on the snapshot of the entire you know movie page there is a plot keyword section. You will know that we first did this in the favorite. And you know what? I think this might now become a permanent thing. It's very funny. So what we have for the very first, like, five to six plot key- plot keywords, let's see if that's a proper depiction of the movie. So we've got fictional town, F-rated, man wearing high heels, traumatized man, flashback. What does F rated mean? Is that the rating of this? No, F is not a rating. I don't know what that means. Let's see what else has an F rating. I don't understand what that's supposed to mean. But you know what? In terms of, whoa. Maybe it means family friendly. Maybe. Because, like, we've got Bumblebee, we've got Mortal Engines here. Got Fantastic Beasts. Simple Favor's not family friendly. No. I don't know what this is. No! These are just movies that came out this year. Yeah. Are going to come what out? What does this mean? I'm so confused. Yeah. Well, well uh, you, you, we'll, you skip we'll, that one. I'll look it up. We'll look. Yeah. Okay. She's going to look into that. So, I mean, in terms of, <laughs> in terms of plot. Oh, F rating. Okay. Well, we are learning something new today, guys. Well, what? F rating is a film festival and it's a rating to highlight women on the screen and behind the camera. Really? So, it's like the vegetable test. It says 
F rating was inspired by the Bechdel test based on the 1985 cartoon strip by Alison Bechdel and popularized by Anita Sharkeesian's feminist frequency blog. In response to the criticisms of A rating, Swedish film theorist Ingrid Ryberg, a bunch, bunch of people, they ask why classifying it's not about classifying films as feminist or not feminist. Oh, so it's kind of like just saying like women have the production in this film, which I think one of the writers is is a woman. So yeah, yeah. Caroline. So that's probably why, and it's also a woman centric film. So I think it's a a woman directors or women women oriented films. I think that's that's what it is. Interesting. I did not know that. Now we know that. Wow. I knew about the vegetable test, but I didn't know about the F-rated films. So, I guess in terms of plot, these first five plot keywords kind of talk about it. Yeah. I mean, there's flashbacks. There's a traumatized man. Fictional town. Fictional town, and he wears high heels. Yeah, he does do all those things. It's all things. Let's see, what else have we got? Rehabilitation, for sure. Yes. Marwan Call. Marwan Call is a plot keyword. Interesting. Prototype? That's okay. Uh, okay. World War Two. Yep. Redhead woman. <laughs> Animatronic. Um, A specific swastika tattoo. Yeah. Redheaded woman. Orange prison jumpsuit. Hate crime. Yes, definitely. New York City. Female judge. A tea house. Why does a, that need to be a, a teapot collection? Well, I think yeah. these are just things in the movie. Female judge? Yeah, that was a thing. It was a thing, but the f- you, I guess it. You, we could find all the female judge movies. I don't know. And female amputee. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. Un unrequited love. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I mean, th- these definitely like like a what is it? Summarize it down to forty plot points. You know what, where, Emily? This what? is exactly like what. The keywords yeah. that I was trying to do with that game we played on our two-year anniversary. You were trying to do this? Yes. So, okay. Had, so have you seen this before? No. Okay. I made that game up. I could have used these plot keywords the whole time. Oh, so instead of coming up with our own, we actually just take the most take confusing ones. Take like a couple ones. of these. Yeah, dude. Take the most confusing oh, ones for wanting to be. Okay. All right. Year three anniversary yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do what is it? Uh, pl- plot movie movie keywords. Yeah. Two point oh. Yeah. I can't believe that. I didn't even realize that till just now. This crazy wow. town, man. You really town. you really just gotta take a take a good day and just look at everything on. <laughs> I feel like that's new. Man, it might be. The tagline we have here is, uh, oh, you gotta click some more taglines, because there was another tagline that was really funny. Okay. You can't put this hero in a box. Oh, my. <sighs> that's, that's great marketing right there. Um, and that song that they play in the trailer really gets in my head, like, so much. And what I song hate is that it? song. It's like... I got dreams in my head and they won't go. Oh, Spirits in my head and they won't go. No. Oh, sh- no. Mm-hmm. The film was previously titled The Women of Marwin. Okay, well, that would have been better. <laughs> Honestly. The, yeah. But I also kind of liked how Welcome to Marwin kind of had like a, you're a new person entering the town. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might die in the first five seconds. 
Right, like the, like the, oh my god, like the doll with the milk. It was spilling all over the place. Yeah, that was, And then it just kept refilling itself. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wait, oh, the real-life doll village is actually named Marwyn Call, a combination of Mark, Wendy, and Colleen. Oh, a different, not Nicole. The real Colleen became the character Nicole, Uh so the Cole was dropped from the name. I see. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, did Colleen not want to be portrayed in this? Possibly. Um. In the first scene of the movie, as Captain Hoagie is in flight and calling over the radio, he uses the call sign Foxtrot Uniform Charlie Kilo as cryptic slang to... To use profanity, like, basically saying fuck. Yeah. Um. He also smoked. Who, what? Um, Mark. He was smoking a lot. He did? He had a, he, yeah. Like, he wouldn't actually blow the smoke. He would just hold the cigarette in his mouth while he was talking. Mark? Mark, yeah. In the in the movie, when in the entire like, movie did three he do times, this? Three times he did it. Yeah, it I... was when he was outside taking photos. He just would stick it. Oh, in his mouth. that I like never saw smoke. No, he didn't smoke. But I feel like they stuck it in his mouth, maybe because the actual Mark smokes, and so they like did that as part of his character. And then one time he, he did it. One time he was standing in Marwin talking to Nicole and he had it in his mouth and then it was like a not even lit or it wasn't already done and he just dropped it on the ground in Marwin and I was like okay first of all dude you're getting your your cigarette onto your Marwin like floor which I feel like you don't want yeah and then two what if something catches fire and then it's over like you can't have that either also, what does he do when it rains? Because all that stuff should not be outside. And it rained a lot in the movie. Like, at least two to three times. I thought it was just rain. <laughs> it did! It did! I, I noticed when it rained, but I did not notice that he was smoking. Well, I, yeah, it did rain a lot, actually. Yeah. And then our last trivia, which happens to be a spoiler, but you should have known from the second we started this that there was going to be spoilers. Uh, Deja asks Mark to make a time machine and asks for it to fly. The time machine he makes resembles the DeLorean. Obviously. Uh, Yes, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. So, both films were directed by Robert Zemeckis. So, fun. Lots of fun. Fun, fun, fun. Until the daddy takes the DeLorean away. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Sorry, that was a stretch. All right, let's just end it here. So, Ugh. if you would like Alessandro to, to, to rewrite Welcome to Marwin <laughs> and have a started Kickstarter, oh please leave a comment below on either SoundCloud. Um, also, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. We would yeah, love please. to know what you guys think. Um if Email you, us, please. Yeah, for any suggestions for future episodes, let us know what movies you want us to talk about, and we will gladly gladly yeah. watch yeah uh, you can email those at all by the popcorn podcast at gmail.com or all by the popcorn at gmail.com you can also send us these suggestions and dms on our in on our uh, social media yep twitter handle is at by the popcorn and instagram is at 
All About the Popcorn podcast. Yeah. And Facebook. Follow us on Facebook. Just search All About the Popcorn in the search bar and you will find us and like our page. Oh my god, you did it. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. Goodbye, everyone. Talk to you next time. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.